13th time I've done this intro. <laughs> yeah. Because we have now crossed the halfway yes. point. Drop some flex bombs. <laughs> this is big. I, I I have a degree of energy that I'm shocked about right now. Um, I and maybe it's because I'm sitting across from such a uh, wonderful Gas, human being. Gas me up right yeah, now. Yeah. Gas me all the way up. Gas pedal. Um, I'm sitting across from a dear friend. Jason Parham. Woo woo. What's up, man? What's up, man? Can I actually start with something? Can I? I'm just going to play something. Yes. But, so, Dev Hines just released Negro Swan. Negro Swan. Which is probably one of the best albums of the year. This it's was like, so good, unbiasedly. About, about like building community and family and dealing with traumas and just like dealing with day to day shit and just like very whole and human in a way that Dev Hines is very whole and human. Um, but there's a an opening segment on one of the songs that like really stuck with me that I like want to start with so I'm gonna so like my favorite images are the ones where someone who isn't supposed to be there who's like in a space a space where we were not ever welcomed in where we were not invited yet we walk in and we show all the way up people try to put us down by saying She's doing the most, or he's way too much. Like, why would we want to do the least? Yo, shout out to Janet Mock. But why? No, no, no. But this, it, what an it, amazing decision to have her as a narrator of your goddamn album. But also, like, that's I think the eternal mood that I'm trying to capture now. It's like, why would we ever want to do the least? So shout out to you for not doing the least and doing the most, and Thank you. doing this for the kids and just showing up for them and. Yeah, shout out to Black Excellence. I, I actually needed that because once an hour, I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. This has been like a weirdly beautiful day because I've had the homies come through. And the homies come through like without like a second ask. It's like the schedule was like... The, the the realistic schedule was filled pretty quickly. Yeah. With the realistic schedule being like... And people have jobs. People have jobs. Today's a Thursday. Today's a Thursday, <laughs> you know? And, like, tomorrow's when everyone is, like, completely dipping right. for vacation. Right. So, like... Um, Jason, before I talk to you, just, like, say three things about what, like, the, uh -oh. the ways in which you dedicate your time professionally. Like what? Like not just like what's your job? Like like what are the things that you spend the most time caring about? Ooh, this is like an Oprah Soul Session, Super Soul Conversations question. She always asks like certain questions at the end of her podcast, which I've been listening to a lot lately, which I dedicate a lot of my time to lately. Hi, Jason. <laughs> it's it's Oprah. Maybe we can end with that, but we Winfrey. We can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not a lot of people. I feel like I'm one of. A hundred people maybe that have a voicemail from Oprah Winfrey on the mm, phone. That's that's a real thing. Uh, maybe we'll play so. it. Maybe we'll play it. Um, how do I dedicate my time? Let's see. I think lately I've been just in trying to invest more time in myself and building, working harder and smarter, but also like instead of building other people's dreams, building my own dreams. So I think a lot of my time lately, one has just been 
devoted to more personal writing and personal writing projects that hopefully will come to fruition soon. Um, yeah. Also, so Jason mm-hmm. works at Wired. Right. Yes. I should have started um, with that. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll do the dirty work for you. Um, Jason also, um, I don't, God, how many years ago did you start? 2012, so six years. Six years ago, started a magazine, a zine, whatever you want to call it. Um, a, lit, a, lit a, lit, a lit A lit mashup. <laughs> called spook um that i'm not gonna lie it's just like like it feels like a stamp of approval for like a black person that considers themselves an artist in new york or elsewhere mm-hmm. but um it's like a it feels very uh familial and feels very much just like i mean there, there have been people that have come through the day where it's just like it's kind of crazy that, like, thinking about where we were 2011, 2012, like, everyone played, like, a their own version of, like, a long game mm-hmm. because there were, there were many, many opportunities to, like, either accidentally or purposefully get yourself out of the paint. <laughs> and it's, like, it's, like... Um, Very quickly. But also, Spook... Um, spook... Um, is something that I've like, you know, I I hope, you know, that it's something that you've been like for for better or for worse been like has been like a self fundraised project. Right. It's like I, I'm really interested in this idea very abstractly of uh, of world building, mm-hmm. and so I think that's part of that c- career long project that I have for myself in all these different ways. Right. It's this idea that we can do for ourselves instead of doing for others. Not to say that I don't give 100% to my job or 100% to freelance projects or other things, but it's like, I think as Shea Serrano so succinctly tweeted one time, even though he succinctly tweets every day, Yeah, um, he said, bet on yourself. So bet I'm on yourself. to bet on myself more, right? And it's also something that we've talked about a lot, which is like, you know, at a certain point after putting so many people on at some point you gotta like, you know, you know, it's not even selfish after a certain point, (laughs) but like, you gotta be like, okay, like at what point do I like double down on myself? Is 2018 the year you double is, are are you, are you building up for a 2019 of, 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 of doubling down on yourself? I think the seeds are definitely planted this year in 2019. will Sort They'll of like, bloom a little yeah, bit. I think. I'm excited for but it. But I think, uh, not that I'm super into astrology, but one thing I've heard about being a Capricorn is that we kind of play the long game. Is Cap- that Capricorn is uh, uh, like end no- of November, December? December or December, of, January? End of December to like middle of January. Okay. Um, winter babies. Uh, shout out to this uh, this crystal, Jenna Wortham. <laughs> <laughs> I take I take it to all of my always bringing the good vibes. I take it to all all, 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 all of my big. She's omnipresent. (laughs) (laughs) Actually at McDowell, but she's actually also here right now. She's here, like she's not here, but she's (laughs) she's definitely here. Um, so one of the yeah, so it's about playing the long game for myself, and I think 2019 I'll start to see more of that come to life. Hopefully, um, are there? mm -hmm. No, no, keep going. Just in writing and just other sort of side projects, I think. Uh, one thing that I'm I'm interested to hear from you um you've uh you've um it's been like i mean i i i find it funny but it's also like very real like when you when you have to edit a lot you want to write when you then have to write a lot you want to edit 
And then when you have to edit a lot, you want to write. Which one do you like more? <laughs> right. So um, I work at Wired now. And this is the first full-time writing job I've had in six years. I started out um, as like a low-level editor at Complex. Um, went to Gawker during the Max Reed era. Not full-time staff job. Full-time writing job. Yeah. It's a full-time staff job, though. Like, I'm on staff. But you were on staff at Fader. Wait, what did I'm getting? I'm, I'm sorry. I get confused very easily. I'm saying, like, between being, like, your job being the writer versus being an editor. Like, you right. were full-time at Fader, but you weren't a full-time writer. You were no, a full-time editor. editor. Yeah. No, but I was saying, like, I ne- Wired is my first full-time writing job yeah, in yeah. a long time. And yeah, all yeah. the jobs I've had before this were for editing jobs at Complex and Gawker and then at Fader. Um, so, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's weird, I think. I got the itch more at Gawker when I was editing all these sort of like what I considered kind of smally prolific pieces um, that were sort of the spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) I still have that. That's not a source of pride for me, actually. It should be. There's some like bangers on there. There's a few misses. <laughs> Naturally, you can't hit all home runs. But you were but... like, you were batting like seven hundred. <laughs> like, like there's, there's like a lot of people who had their first big piece under your. No, I take, I take a lot of pride in that. I think it's, it's working with Van Newkirk for sort of some of his early stuff, Donovan Ramsey, some of his early stuff, working with KSA Layman every week on, on stories. Like it's, I feel very fortunate and blessed, and it's also just. What, to, to, to Janet Mock's point and showing up in a space and showing up as your most authentic and best self, it's like Gawker traditionally was not for black people. Not to say black people didn't work there, but like the space and the gossip area that they were sort of working in and sort of Manhattan elite area was like very like white and male and like not queer, not black, you know, not all these other things that are not in, non-New York. Yeah, Exactly. And yeah. so when Max Reed took over, to his credit and his genius um, was sort of like, let's let's open this up a little bit to everybody because everybody deserves this space and this platform. And so, so this idea of me coming in was that I could diversify that word diversify, which is I know some people feel weird about, but <laughs> um, diversify the editorial platform and voice of the site, um, and just do what I do. And I don't know. I look back on it. I actually don't know how I did that. Like, I couldn't do that today. I don't think I have the energy for that today. Well, duh. <laughs> like, that's the I'm whole point. I'm old of, now. That's, 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 that's the whole point of now. having jobs at a certain age. <laughs> I don't. Because you don't, you don't know any different. Right, right. That's the thing. Right. I didn't know not that I, like, had another option. Like, I just, that's what I thought I had to do. Yeah. Because the, yeah. I don't know. I was very, it was, it was, a, it was a great era. I think it's something a lot of People, I think when they write Gawk, the Gawker history books, maybe you will skip over a lot. But I think a lot of people that were there will know the impact and the importance of it. Because I think those people are, it's, are at other publications not doing like the real work. A very humbling thing for me, like in my come up, and I, I, I know you'll know what I'm talking about, is like, like I, I've come across other black folk that I consider peers that I'm like, I'm like blown away by like how smart you are about certain things okay like van i was just like yo you just like you need to know about health insurance as van yeah like like (laughs) it doesn't it it, like it's not like damn you're smart as like a way to put my like to be self-deprecating i'm just like damn you have accumulated a shit ton of knowledge about things that i know very also very specific things very specific things like i feel the same man is like i feel the same way about eve 
if you're, I'm just like, damn, like, okay, I understand why you are a professor. <laughs> right. And I, I didn't know people this close to me in age could be professors. I was talking to somebody about Evie the other day and how she just doesn't waste a minute of her time. She doesn't know what like wasted time is because everything, every, every hour of her day or every like second of her day is accounted for doing I, something I productive. Spent, I spent a week with her um, and she just was like preaching to me. Like she was like, I know, you, I know it seems bougie and I know it seems like a lot, but like get an assistant, even if it's for five days a week. And at first I was like, what are you talking about? By the, by the end of her like five minute pre, like speech, I was like, I get it. No, you know who spread that gospel early for me? Morgan Parker, who's like a brilliant poet. Out Shout in LA, out, out, out Morgan here, Parker. Magical Negro dropping in February during Black uh, History Month 2019. I'm so, so excited. I'm so excited. But like Morgan was also like, get an assistant. I have an assistant. I was like, what? This doesn't make sense. But like, it's actually really helpful. Five hours a week. It's just like, it's just, <laughs> it's just like deal with the stuff that yeah. like, like perfect example. I sent out just for this. I sent. I spent like forty five minutes figuring out how to send calendar invites because <laughs> I've like never sent a calendar invite before. It's actually really hard. It took so long. I was like, "Damn! I wish I had. I wish I would have listened to Eve two months ago." Um, but um, yeah, like it's like it's there is a world in which you can find success and not have that hunger to want to be a, a learner anymore or like not want to get smarter because you've already had some positive validation in like right. the limited shit that you already know that happens to be like a little more than maybe the average person. Right. But like being a good writer doesn't necessarily mean that you know a lot. I've learned because I've had to like, like I've, I've found myself like approach my limit numerous times in well, right because a lot of like really smart and sharp writers try to master ignorance in good writing exactly that's exactly what it is that's exactly what it is <laughs> and i'm like i like you know i mean i say it all the time I'm like couldn't be me i mean you read the opinion section of the new york times now don't you it's like all those idiots that they publish it's wild <laughs> i don't know what's going on it's, like, it's wild that like none of us have those jobs <laughs> like right. like you know how like like i could <laughs> i could write that ignorant piece once a week <laughs> And get paid like <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. It's wild. Like I want, like me and Dre were talking the other day about just like how we feel about like the black or like like the person of color scammer. Like, you're the scammer. I love 2018. You're the scammer. Uh, you're a scammer. Like there are moments when you're 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 proud of the the person of color scammer because white people have always just been the scammers. <laughs> right. So you're like, yo, like we should be able to scam the same way we are. But I, then there's the other side that's like, but is that scammer like messing up stuff for the rest of us? And is that scammer like, like opening any doors or is I mean, that shit's always been fucked up? I'm, just, I'm sorry. Can I, don't can okay, I don't, I, sh I mean, shit's always been messed up for black people though. Like shit's already messed up. I know, but so, I mean, but, like, I don't know which way you take what I just said. Like, does Right, that, but I mean, like, my... Does that mean my, scam at will or be, like... Or what? Scam at will or... Or, or does that mean, like, like you're, you're ultimately, like, shit's been fucked up. This is going to make it more fucked up if it comes back to, like, slap you in the face. I'm all for people of color scamming, okay. honestly. Like, I'm pro people of color scams. I'm... Damn it. <laughs> I mean, you might not be, but, like... Yeah. yeah, no, I know. No, you yes, said it. completely. I, it's like it's a it's a it's a kind of reparations almost in a way, right? Yeah, you're right. Because I mean, it's like you're right. 
as history has shown, white folks are not going to give us anything. So take. And sometimes you just have to take what you think is yours, even I if it's feel, not yours. I, I do feel that. Shout out to Dr. Love. Yeah. You know? Shout out Virgil. My favorite scammer. <laughs> but seriously. But seriously, shout out. Wait, what, what's, what's the dude from Howard? Oh, my God. Oh, um, Tyrone. Tyrone. Shout out Tyrone. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I'm not mad at it. I just, like, I don't know, like. Wait, so why are you against it? I'm only against it because I was raised to not expect, like, getting away from, like, getting away with anything for black folk to ever, like, work in your favor. Like, I just, like, my mom was like, shit always comes back to get you. And, like, you know, I guess there are, like, degrees of, you know, it's not like... I think it's a sort of karmic thing, though. Like, it's us evening the universe out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know... I agree. I just like, I want, my whole thing about being black is like, I want success to be trickle down success. Right. And sometimes I'm not convinced that one person's like, like profitable or beneficial, like scam is going to open any doors. I just feel like they're going to kill it. And like, I'm not, I, there's no hate for like you figuring out like a little wrinkle or like a little loophole. But I just like I like I, I just I just wonder if is is there a plan beyond for the scammer, is there a plan beyond said scammer? I mean my 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 stint I two years at Gawker was a bit of a scam, right? It's like I was probably the least qualified person on staff. They didn't know that. Okay. But I made them pay me X amount of dollars because I scammed them into that and it's like I was throwing a lot of things on the wall, hoping they would stick, and they ended up sticking. But I didn't know that that, no, that they so, would. Right. So, like, we have different. I, like, that's not you being a scammer. That's you just being a, a savvy New Yorker. <laughs> like, because like you weren't doing your, you were doing your job well. That's survival. Yeah. That's survival. Oh, like, like, like you gotta, like, if you if you're not. So again, I guess this is the difference. Like. Scamming versus finessing. <laughs> like I, I, I find finesse to be like the utmost. I'm all for the finesse. I'm all like I'm like finesse is like the primary New York trait that like I find separates me from like the people I grew up with. Like like Atlanta is just like Atlanta hustlers. Would that like, be a good like New York Times mag recommendation? The fin- finessing. Yeah. Let it wreck finesse. <laughs> um. Not to cut you off. Sorry. I have to do a phoner in five minutes. Who are we talking to? Wait, who is next? Should we should we play should we play the voicemail? What? No, it's Vitor. Should we should we Um Ooh, but Jason Should we uh, play it? This is the only good thing that that's happened to me in the last like year. Yeah, you got to play it. So I was reporting a story a few months back. Yeah, tell Vitor you can wait a couple minutes. Um, I, I was reporting a story a few months back uh, for Wired. I was really interested in this sort of small revolution that was happening over at OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network. Um, they were putting, you know, that Quinn Sugar's on TV, Greenleaf's on TV. They had just hired uh, Mara Brock-Akil to bring a show who's sort of the, the, the showrunner for Girlfriends and Being Mary Jane and all these sort of like iconic black shows. Absolutely. They brought Tor Alva McCraney, who's, who wrote Moonlight. 
the god the the, the actual so, god the actual god <laughs> um and so they hired him to his first foray into tv was going to be on own after he just won an academy award so it's yeah. like I, I thought that they were sort of putting these building blocks together and i, I wanted to dig into that um so i report the story i go out to atlanta where they shoot a lot of their shows um on a huge sound stage like 40 minutes out south of atlanta in fayetteville yep yeah super south atlanta. super south it was all like trees and country my and... mom and my aunt lived there for one year it was the worst <laughs> year of my life i like literally hated it <laughs> Um, we were like the deep backwoods. I was like, wow, this is, I'm not from the South. So it was definitely an experience for me, but, um, report the story. The story comes out. I talked to everybody for the story, Avery DuVernay, Trevor McCraney, um, all the executives. Um, but the whole time Oprah's on vacation, she can't speak when she's on vacation. She's in her like bubble. She doesn't talk to anybody unless you have the like the direct line. Yeah. And so that was like the you one the wh- plugs, plugs, <laughs> plugs, plugs. That was the like white whale. I couldn't, I couldn't catch. Um, but then the story comes out and Avery DuVernay hits me up on Twitter and she's like, this is amazing. I love this. This is one of the best things I've ever read. Um, and she was like, I called Oprah right away. Hold up one second. Uh, tell Tommy, give me two minutes. <laughs> He's fine. He can call back. Uh, keep going, Jace. Um, and she was like, I called Oprah right away, told her to read this. And she was like. I don't know what's going to happen, but this is great. Thank you so much. That was on a Wednesday. I was out of the office on Thursday, sort of like victory lap. Didn't go into work. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I come back into the office on Friday and I have a voicemail thinking it's from like a stupid PR person who's saying, why can't you respond to my emails? And it ends up being Oprah Winfrey. Let's play it on speakerphone. Hi, Jason. It's Oprah Winfrey, and I just wanted to say that article was so thoughtful and eloquent. Um, I just appreciate the time and the attention that you gave to every concept and every word. I mean, it just, it struck me that First of all, that's not an easy story to write. And um, your, your words about it were just brilliant and articulated what I've felt in my heart for a long time about what I believe in that work is and could be. So thank you so much. Uh, the line that actually made me t- tear up is that Let black stories up, are human stories. I'm dying. And also the recognition that Frame by frame, we cause a resolution. So just really eloquent, uh, thoughtful, more than fair. More than um, fair. And I deeply appreciate it. Thank you very much. So that's probably the real more than fair on my tombstone. More than fair, Jason Parham. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for literally dropping the mic on your segment. But uh, thank you, though, for doing this. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for doing this for the kids. They deserve it. You know, being present and being. And you met Coach Wink. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So sorry. Last story. I've known him remember it for seven years. And he's always like, I could play tennis. I could play tennis. I'd never seen him play tennis, though. Gang, gang. We were recently in Atlanta for a friend's wedding. And it was a, it was right. It was a few hours before the wedding. He was out playing tennis. He was like, come, come out. We'll, we'll, I'm, I'm going to play. And then we're going we're gonna to go eat. I get to the tennis court. And he's actually pretty good. That's all I need to hear. All I need to hear. <laughs> Jace. Love you.
Love you. Love, Love you. you. What's up, dude? It's like... Uh, how's this going? How's your voice? So here's the thing. <laughs> like, I... Like, I'm, I'm in, like... I'm in, I'm in, like, Twilight Zone right now. Like, everyone keeps mm -hmm. coming in. They're like, you look tan. Like, I haven't been here this long. Like, like they're like, damn, like you, you seem different now. And I'm like, I'm like, like I, I only got here this morning, but, um, I'm happy. Like, you know, I've, I, I stopped drinking caffeine. I started, um, very good. I started having a beer. Um, I am like very energized by the sheer fact that people keep coming on the podcast and then like hanging around. They just like want to see. Um, how I make it. I'm now like almost only $5,000 away. Oh, wow. You're which, close. Which is pretty dope. Um, but yeah, man, how are you? Wait, how are you um, young marriage? Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we just hit our month anniversary. So damn, everybody says that if you make it a month, like that's the hardest part. And then uh, it's all smooth sailing from there. Damn. I, I've heard that's the history of marriage. Like most, yeah. most people get divorced in the first three weeks. Right. And if you can get past that, uh, then you're good forever. Month, they call it. <laughs> I love that. Um, qu um question, yes, um, where, um, cause I want this to feel like you're here and I wish you were here. What are you doing right now? Uh, right now I'm sitting in my house in uh, Los Angeles in West Hollywood. I am, uh, my wife just took the dog for a walk, so we're gonna, you know, see if she'll poop because that's kind of your life when you uh, when you have a puppy, you beg it to poop all day long. Yeah. And uh, I'm gonna I'm about to tweet your GoFundMe link. I love like, that. Link, not links. Did, uh, did you did, then, uh, did you ever you. did you ever um um were you a summer camp kid? Did you what did you do in the summer? I played some. I did some tennis camp. I mean, I look. I'm gonna be honest with you, Rem. I was. Um, I weighed a very similar number of pounds to what I do now, but was about a foot shorter for a significant period of my life. So huh. there was uh, there's, there's a lot of trying to play sports and not being great at them. Tennis included, although I, I played on the team until like eighth grade, but uh, mediocrity was kind of the name of the game. Yeah. I've been trying to preach to people. I'm like, it's not about being good at sports. It's just about making friends. Well, I mean, how much do you miss? the days in high school where it was just part of your day. It was part of your life where you went to class and you did all that. And then you went to a locker room where you screwed around and joked around with your friends. And then you like just ran around on a field and played a sport for two hours. And that was your exercise. There was no gym membership. There was no like Barry's boot camp bullshit. Like that's how you stayed in shape or didn't. But like that was the sum total of worrying about, being in shape it was just having fun with your best friend well we weren't even thinking we weren't even thinking about like a a consequence should we not play sports like yes, there, there no. was there wasn't a consequence to not having fun like it, it right. wasn't like damn i didn't play tennis together this is gonna balloon <laughs> it was <laughs> it, it was like damn i didn't get to play sports today which means i can't do it until tomorrow <laughs> you know, which is like, it's such, right. a, it's, it's such a beautiful way to live where it's just like, I, uh, I'll, I, you know, and I still don't have a gym membership because one, all of my gym memberships have just been like, like I, 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 I compare it to the fact that I, 
like up until very recently, like I'm like paying out of pocket for health insurance for like my mm-hmm. one physical a year. But mm-hmm. I but I, I pay so much in health insurance, you would think I like broke my leg every month because like yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. It's just like, no, like I like that's what that's what like the like Equinox became. Like you would think mm-hmm. that I, I was going to nine classes a a month from what I paid, but it was just like, no, like I'm just like saddled with this like hopeful gym membership that isn't real. Yeah. You know? And so I'm just like, you know, it's it's an aspirational, like, you know, like I do the thing in New York where I wear like, like those slimming sweatpants and a, and a dry Mm -hmm. fit t-shirt and people are like, Oh, you're either coming Mm -hmm. or going to the gym. And I'm like, the answer is neither, but I respect the fact that I have fooled you because that, that like in my mind, that made me lose one pound. The fact that I fooled one person, one person, one pound. like you look good. You look good. The reason, the reason, uh, I, uh, also, the reason I love you is because I'm saying these things to you because I know that you feel the exact same way. <laughs> uh, it's just it's embarrassing. I mean, um, the the other thing that I miss about sports was like when you have when you have like 30 high school age guys and like the people that gravitate towards coaching in a room constantly on a bus to a to a match or like a game or whatever. Like just the funniest shit happens on an hourly basis that you like, you can't explain why it's so funny, but someone does some stupid thing and everybody's cracking up. And like, it's just, I don't know. You, the, the, like you always see former athletes talking about, Oh, do you miss football? Do you miss playing whatever professional sport? And they all just miss the locker room and being with the guys. And like, I think I never realized how much that camaraderie would be missed for, for me in, after college. And actually like, I think a lot of people who go into politics find it on campaigns uh, and that's part of the addiction and the reason people like take these jobs where you are kind of the opposite of college. Like you're not in class for 12 hours, then doing homework. You're like in the office for 80 hours and then. Or the, just know, like that, like, you whatever. know, like one of my, you know, I've been doing shout outs all, all day and evening. Like one of my, one of my best friends since we were kids is my friend, Michael Tyler, um, who um, works for the DNC. He's uh, Perez chief of staff. Mm-hmm. And oh, I've, yeah. I've watched him you know, go from high risk campaign job to campaign job to campaign job, like knowing what the, you know, the risk was, but also like not being able to like let go of that risk because like at a certain point, it's all, you know, you know, like you Mm love, like you love the, you know, I mean, all, all these things boil down to like adrenaline, you know, like it's like, yes. it's like, how do you get yes. your fix, you know? And for yes. some people, it's like the, the fix of competition and sports for some people, it's the, it's the adrenaline of like, like, like attaching yourself to something that is unproven and trying to make it proven. Like it's, we're, we're all trying to like, you know, find that thing that like makes us mm-hmm. like gets us out of our, you know our our normal shit you know and but it, it, it's it's interesting yep. how it manifests in so many different ways because like i remember like wondering like like oh damn so like the whole like obama generation are they now gonna like find opposite things to do and it's like a lot of people mm-hmm. who i know and love it's like no we're gonna find new ways to attach ourselves to things that aren't proven like like, st- right. like like start like starting a podcast company 
or like, <laughs> like or like going to a startup, you know, like, like, yeah, yeah. you know, um, which I, I mean, I appreciate because it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's even if you can't, even if you know that you, you might not find the, 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 the perfect job that brings you that exact same stuff as that old perfect job, you can at least try to find mm-hmm. something that brings you that same thrill. Yeah. You, for two things. One, you know, who doesn't skip, uh, an hour at Equinox is, uh, is Michael Tyler. He is a strong, strong gentleman. Fun, two, fun, fun fact about Michael right. Tyler. He has a photo on his fridge of us playing like eight and under basketball and he had a mustache. <laughs> this doesn't surprise me at all. It should not have surprised you. He was like, my mom's like, there's a grown man playing with you. I was like, yeah, it's Mike. That's a big guy. He's <laughs> a big boy. Yeah, Mike Tyler. Um, Second thing, I mean, you, that's so funny. You, you're right that, like, uh, when I left the White House, I thought that, like, all I wanted was a job that was really slow-paced and I would make a lot of money enough to do much. And I found a version of that in, like, consulting where it's, like, you can you can live very comfortably and, and be just fine. And I was miserable. And I, I think, like, there is definitely a piece of that that's, like, if there's not, you know, risk or the adrenaline, you're just kind of completely bored. Yeah. You know, I mean, like the, the extreme example of that is what you hear from, you know, former military, you know, service members where there was like the adrenaline of like being on whatever mission they were on is something that they couldn't match, which is like some people end up going back and back and back. I mean, I have no experience with that. It's just anyway, an observation. Can I ask you um, uh, two more non uh, crooked or politics related questions? Ask me anything you want. Before before I get you out of here, can you hear me? Please. Did I lose? Yeah. You? Can you hear me? No, no, Did no. I'm I lose right here. Tommy. No. Hello. No, I'm here. Hold on. I think oh, I lost I Tommy. To... I'm so I'm just you. gonna talk because I love Tommy. Um, and while I while we look for Tom, hey Tommy. Yeah. Hey, I lost you. Hey, am I back? You're Hello? back. What I was okay, say- what I was saying, Perfect. and I was like, maybe this is too controversial of a question. He just hung up on me. But I'm gonna like the <laughs> question. The question I wanted to ask you is, what about your life? What about your home life? Outside of the fact that you say this is my wife, mm-hmm. which I like, I think it's probably taken some you know some reminding and training. Yeah. Is, is there any? What are the things that are noticeably different with? pre and post wedding with someone that you have already lived with. Mm. There is, is it like, no, Oh damn, I have to do the um, dishes more. <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> no, it's like she, she and I were talking about this the other day. Like we were dating for six years before we got married. And if it had been up to me, we probably would have been married well before we were actually married. But like, you know, she's uh-huh. a little younger than me. Well, like want to make sure we make sure she was checking me out, making sure it was fine. Um, there was a lot of period of the period of time when we were engaged, when I was like, I'm so sick of being engaged because I hated the word fiance because it sounds so, it sounds very self-serious and like silly, but, but at the same time, like there is something great about it because when you tell someone you're engaged, you mentioned your fiance, they automatically know that you have this huge, exciting life event ahead of you. Yes. Um, and I think there's, there's several kinds of people in this world. Like you can see 
a huge life event like a wedding ahead of you and be totally excited or you can be completely anxious and nervous about it. And I think we, the two of us, were, were definitely tilted towards the excited, but there was a certain amount of anxiety that was just like amazing to alleviate the minute the ceremony was over and you're like okay now i can like <clears throat> kick back and have a drink and party at this party yes until then you couldn't but so like in some ways you get back to your house after the honeymoon and like literally nothing has changed it's the same life but there is something that is every once in a while like hannah said to me the other morning like it's just sort of weird like we're married it's just something you don't it just all of a sudden you are and then you are forever and they're, they're, it's a momentous, huge thing that, like, you prepare for and prepare for and prepare for, but you can't sort of mentally prepare for the fact that once it happens, it's permanent and it's there, and it's, like, an enormous part of your life. It's just – it's this funny thing that I think people probably grapple with for six months or a year or got I me mean, maybe maybe the whole time. But um, there are those little moments of, like, oh, shit, yeah married wife like the, the, that's a big difference than girlfriend fiance yeah uh, and it's an exciting difference right i mean like it means all all the shit that you know as uh younger people like the idea of kids and the future like probably scares people a little bit but it's also really exciting and i think it's more exciting the older you get and the closer you get there i love that my last question um and first off let me say like i really uh you're my first uh call-in guest so i did 12 and a half hours of in-person guests <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, yeah. so like good lord also the, the, the funny thing is there's a drake concert tonight so like a bunch of people are coming after the drake concert here so like oh, <laughs> jesus yeah. christ um yeah but i wanted to ask you um if you can say it um what is what is something um that you are um excited about in like 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 professionally in like the cricket universe like what like what is like a like a a part of your um you know the package that is tommy vitor in terms of like what you do or what you're trying to do or like what you want to get better at that you that you're excited to like like improve upon in the next year like do you like do you like like do you want to get better at interviewing people? Do you want to get better at mm. like doing TV appearances? Like, do you want, cause like a lot of things, it's like, there are things that like, you know, you have to do, but like you actively aren't, don't really feel like putting in the work to get better at it. Like that's all, that's why I've always mm -hmm. like people are like, do you want to be like a TV personality? I'm like, I mean, not really because like being the TV personality is something I don't actively want to put in the work to get better at. I was just like, like <laughs> when, when, when it comes about, I'll do it. But like yeah. writing or podcasting or talking, that's something that like, I want to go back and listen to the tape because I want to improve upon myself. Uh -huh. So like, what, what is something that like is part of your arsenal right now that is like halfway where you want to be, where like in the next 12 months you actually want to put in some time, like, getting better at it because it's something that you like are kind of interested to see how good you can be at. That's a good question. And I, and I, and I like that question coming from you because you're a person that does things like write uh, cover stories about Spike Lee, who could be, you know, the harshest uh, critic possible. And like, that's, that's like putting yourself out there and getting ready for some self-improvement. So, yeah. um, 
so so here's here's what I think I'm excited about is we have like uh, we built this company, got some shows that people like, expanded into some more uh, like worked worked some awesome partners to develop some more shows and like the whole idea is trying to create this universe of people that are in the like crooked media ecosystem and then ultimately encourage them and help them understand how to uh, participate in the political process, whether it's just registering to vote and voting, whether it's getting your friends out, understanding what it means to volunteer, like do field work, knock on doors, whatever. And as a part of that, we recently rolled out this initiative called Vote Save America. And we like, we purchased all these technologies to piece together this place where you can go and you can figure out if you're registered, you can pledge to vote, you can get registered. And then down the road, we'll get you a sample ballot that you can fill out ahead of time and bring in with you. And we'll get you a way to find all the volunteer activities in your area so that you can knock doors for your, you know, uh, person running for Congress or for Beto O'Rourke in Texas, if you love him, but like, we're trying to make like a one-stop shop for like activism and engagement and voting. And so the, the shows we're doing now, I think are like geared towards firing people up and getting them out and tell, helping them understand what's going on in the stakes of this next election in 2018. And I'm proud of that. And I think that's important and I wouldn't change it, but there are days where like we record an episode and it's like, Oh, uh, you're, you're telling me that you guys all disagreed with what Trump said this week. Like what a revelation. And I do think like after that, finding a way to get more people like in the room that are reasonable and smart uh, and disagree and actually like argue shit out yeah. would be valuable. Now that, that might be like inter-democratic party wrangling and arguing leading into like the 2020 primaries. Yeah. Um, but I also think like, you know, we like Tim Miller is a Republican that comes on the show a lot and he's like a smart, thoughtful, awesome guy. But he also thinks like Trump is garbage and that's informed by who he is and his experience of like his life. But I also think like, I, you know, I'm not going to have on, you know, Donald Trump Jr. to fight it out about like the MAGA network, but like there are smart people and reasonable things you can disagree on. And I think welcoming those voices and encouraging like the kind of debate that we all wish cable news had is, is valuable. I love that. That's a very, thank you for actually talking out that answer. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like literally like you could have, you could have been like, uh, face the nation, <laughs> be better at it. <laughs> um, well, yo, um, Tommy, you know, you're the, fa- you're the homie and you know, you're, you're family. And, um, I really appreciate you calling in and, um, I'm excited to hey. sp- spend the next 10 out. Ho- now I have 10 hours left. I've done 14. <laughs> this, this is, hey man, this is fun to be on. Uh, I, I am proud of you for doing this. I'm sorry. My dog is barking right now. Yeah. It's uh, all good. This, is a, this is a cool, innovative idea. And it's cool. I'm, sure, uh, I'm excited. Um, all people. And um, next time in LA, I'll, um, I'll see you. All right, buddy. All right, man. All right. All right. I'll talk to Five you. Yet. Bye. Bye. Um, and with uh, Mr. Vitor of Crooked Media out, that now concludes um, the 13th hour of this 24-hour podcast. Tune back in. <laughs> <laughs>